Welcome to In the Name of Game. Welcome once again to In the Name of Game, a video game podcast. Today is the 31st of January, 2013. Welcome back to our show. Uh, I'm your host, Iggy. I'm co-host, Adam. And I'm co-host, Colin. Hey, guys. Uh, I expected David right after you, but he's yeah, not here. He said David's <laughs> not here, so it threw you off. Yeah, it did. <laughs> so we were we were gone last week, but we're back again. And wow, we sure missed a whole bunch of shit while we were gone. <laughs> this Hopefully been... you did, too. Yeah, yeah, well, this month has been pretty crazy so far in terms of game news. So, uh, yeah, so the big, the kicker that we missed last week, and it's still kind of filtering into this week, was uh, THQ's totally just dust in the wind now. They've, they've oh. spread uh, their, their various franchises and IPs off to various dis- different companies, and they are no more. So, um, you know... I guess just... It's the think, end of an era. End of an era. Think of better days, I guess. Uh, yeah. It, it kind of reminds me of... Um, if you guys ever watched uh, Tech TV, <laughs> like when they had Tech TV, and Man. as soon as Tech TV was mushed into G4, <laughs> a lot of people were like, no, like it was like some travesty, like yeah. you can't do this. And then... Um, like, did, did it? Did, did I? Because Attack of the Show had their last show, I think, a couple, like a week or two ago. Is, I think. Did it happen yet? I, I thought. Yeah, it, it was. A, it was a week or two ago. Because I don't know if it was on my own Facebook page or on the uh, the uh, the podcast Facebook page. They, at the end of Attack of the Show, they had you know everybody was saying goodbye, you know, bye everybody. Yeah. And they had a little extra thing after that, where they had Leo Laporte and uh, oh fuck, what was the other guy's name? Um, Kevin. Patrick. Oh. Patrick. Um. Fuck, his name was oh, Patrick. Oh, from the original show. Yes, from from the from, like, screensavers. They had, they had Laporte and Patrick. I forget his last name. Were they actually there? Or was it just a flashback? No, it was there. I mean, this was a new thing that they filmed in San Francisco, and it, 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 it's like Leo Laporte's waking up from a bad dream. Like Attack of the Show is a bad dream. Oh, so it's like <laughs> the ending of like what is it, Dallas or whatever? Yeah, and so he wakes up, and Patrick's asking him. He's like, "What? What's your problem?" He's like, "You know, I had oh, a bad dream where all these people took over our show." And then at the end, like at the very end, it says, "Come on, let's go back to work, Leo." And it has them taken off in jetpacks and flying toward a building. <laughs> it has it's like a like the big, huge, tall building in San Francisco. It says Tech say, TV. Yeah, it said Tech TV on it, but it played the old music too, the original screensaver music. I might was, have to track that down. That's funny yeah. that they actually would go back to that, and those guys would yeah. even agree to like do that. Well, yeah, it's been so long. I doubt they're sore about it anymore. You know, they've I guess, moved on to bigger and better well, they, things. They didn't have Kevin Rose, did they? No, they didn't, which I'm glad about, because it was just Leo and Patrick. I think his name's Patrick. What's his name? <laughs> it's going to drive me crazy. Just, keep talking. Okay, anyway, so the <laughs> reason why it reminded me of that is, like, you know how uh, with old company names that were popular with people, like, uh, it's kind of the, I don't know if I'd call it hip, necessarily, to, like, to, to save those logos and use them everywhere, like, oh, I'm being ironic or whatever. I have a THQ Norton. shirt or whatever, you know? <laughs> you, know yeah. you know what I'm talking about? Um, I'm sure that's going to start happening with THQ stuff now. Like, as yeah. some weird kind of statement, people are going to wear, like, THQ memorabilia or whatever. No, but it really sucks. And um, the different IPs and stuff have been kind of scattered to different companies. I believe, uh, like, in terms of big things... Um, 
Crytek is picking up uh, fuck, Homefront, Homefront, which is Front. which is kind Ooh. of yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, it makes sense because it's like, oh, duh, that, that's probably the easiest thing for them to like. It's probably inexpensive. <laughs> and it, well, yeah, they got it for uh, half a million dollars. That's was that really? Yep. Damn. Wow, what a <laughs> fucking bargain, dude. <laughs> yep, five hundred and forty-four thousand dollars. Damn, wow. even I could afford that. <laughs> really? So, and no, Metro Metro is going to Koch Media, Koch Media, Koch Media, Koch Media. <laughs> um, South Park uh, is Ubisoft, the, that RPG, the, the, the Stick of Truth. Um, <clears throat> Relic Entertainment, who made uh, like Company of Heroes, is going to Sega. Uh, and then, and just for some perspective here, Company of Heroes they bought they bought Relic for twenty six point six million dollars. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and meanwhile, and, Homefront is is half a million. Yep. And like Saints Row, um, was like twenty two million dollars. Yeah. So I I don't know. I mean, was Company of Heroes that much? bigger than saints row well i mean the other thing too is that relic entertainment that's that's the whole company right the developer yeah so Homefront, i it that may just be uh being allowed to utilize the ip i i don't know it doesn't sound like it's you know the the studio yeah the studio right correct so that might be why it's cheaper and then here's the funny part uh so thq montreal is going to go to ubisoft and uh one of the i I'm not sure if it was the head, but one of the heads, creative heads of uh, THQ Montreal was Patrick Desolette. 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 <laughs> Whatever. Who was a creative director for Ubisoft when uh, the first Assassin's Creed came out. And I think also the second one. But he left at one point uh, during that time to, from Ubisoft to go to THQ Montreal. <laughs> so it's they haven't stated yet <clears throat> whether he's definitely going to be back uh, at Ubisoft in that same capacity. I mean, I would think, you know, if if the deal is good, then I guess he would work with them again. But who knows what the circumstances were for him leaving. Like, wouldn't you think if if anybody was slightly sore about it, that it would be a little awkward? <laughs> being like, hey, Patrick. Oh, oh you're back. Welcome hey, back. Well, welcome back. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So it's been divvied up and, and spread around. I don't remember... Because didn't THQ did Darksiders, right? So I yep. don't know if anyone's mentioned what the hell's going to happen to Darksiders. That's a good question. Know? No, I, I don't know. I don't think it, uh, it's it been brought up. Has it been brought up? It hasn't been brought I, up. I, I didn't see it on the list. So maybe right. that's still being negotiated. I don't I know. I thought uh, maybe it's lumped in with some and nobody paid it to, you know, nobody just reported on it. It happens. Uh, oh, here, there's an update. So, no bids yet were made for Vigil Games. Those are the guys that oh, made Dark Times. So, I mean, that may just be that everyone's getting, like, the really big one. Well, I thought Darksiders did decently. So, that's weird to me. Yeah. Um, anyway, so so that, that really sucks for THQ. They're no longer around. Uh, one other company that is also no longer around, <clears throat> unfortunately, is Junction Point. Junction Point, uh, this week was closed by Disney. If you don't know who they are, they're the guys that made um, Epic Mickey. They were headed by Warren Spector. So it, they just had done so poorly with Epic Mickey 2. Yeah, mediocre Mickey. What was it, 500,000-something sold? What? what? <clears throat> 529K sold in the U.S. of Epic Mickey 2. 
Yeah, yeah. So they didn't even hit, like, they barely hit half a million. And they didn't, they definitely didn't hit a million, which <laughs> I think even the, even the first Epic Mickey didn't do crazy well. But it hit, I thought it got gotten at least one to, something like one to three million or something yeah. like that. It was something decent. I mean, one anything to sneeze at, but yeah. it's like it's getting Call of Duty numbers. Yeah, but it did, it did so badly. And then not only that, but uh, I'd seen, I can't, I can't see the... I can't find the article now, but it was something like not just Junction Point, but anything related to uh, that development. It was something like 700 employees total from various connected yeah. uh, companies were also like let go. So I don't know how many people were in Junction Point. That could be like, let's say, for example, 200 or something. So maybe that's also related marketing or other devs that were pro- providing support or that sort of thing. Uh, so it's just kind of rough all the way around. Um, I think there, this kind of experience for Disney usually means that they are kind of pulling back because they had this interesting wave before, if you if you remember, where they didn't do a lot of really amazing games for a while, and then they brought in a couple IPs and a couple developers, and they're like, you know what? Kind of like THQ is doing, like, let's try making a lot of high-quality, like, actually console games and not these little, like, spin-off, you know, like, oh, Disney Princess games or whatever. And uh, for a while, I think they even had the Turok IP for a while. I can't remember. For real? I thought they did. Wow. I can't remember. This, this was a, a while ago, but they, they had a bunch of IPs, basically. And, um, you know, they were trying to legit make, you know, good games and I, I i'm more than sure that uh, epic mickey was one of those attempts because you know <clears throat> if you get warren specter and all that then it's you know you're really trying yeah <laughs> um, but it, it's so sad because it's a lot of people i talk to about the game they all seem to have the same sort of reaction they're like i really really wanted to like it like the design is cool the idea was there but then you get into the gameplay and instantly like oh something's lacking like something's missing yeah. particularly with the second game like you would think that the second game usually builds on the first and kind of fixes things and changes things but a lot of the impressions i was getting <clears throat> about the second game was that they even simplified stuff from the first game meaning that they were cutting yeah. some things out some of the exploration wasn't quite as in depth as it was in the previous one um, I can't remember. One of them had too much backtracking or something. So just not as strong a title as the first one, which the first one already had problems. So that's not a good sign. So that really sucks for them. Um, I don't know what this means for Disney games in general because they've they've kind of done a little weekly with uh, the last couple of games. Like they did what was at Tron Evolution, and that did okay. It didn't do great. Mm. Remember that one where they had the, yeah. yep. Like an, uh, not it wasn't even an adaptation of the of the movie. It was like its own kind it was of a standalone game. Almost, it was like a prequel or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they've yeah. been trying. It's just that they're not they're not hitting what they need to hit. You know, to make people really get into these games, which sucks. Because I know a lot of work went into them, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if they're not getting the numbers that they're expecting. So uh, I hope the people that were affected by the Junction Point closure and also THQ mergings and deletions find more work soon. Cause by the way, it's Patrick Norton. Patrick Norton? That Patrick was the guy? Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. So 
It's uh, just a sign of our times, you know? Like, <laughs> I know you don't like Call of Duty, and I know you, you don't like EA and those guys. I actually got an argument with my roommates about this. About Call of Duty? <laughs> Uh, not that so much. I was actually bitching about Minecraft, uh, not Minecraft. I was bitching about Notch, not Minecraft, but Notch, and uh, we had a pretty heated argument about it. <laughs> it does Notch have to do with Call of Duty? Well, it wasn't actually. Oh, I mean, I'm just talking about the state of the industry as a uh, whole, where you know, where, where people like Notch are lauded as the future, and at the same time, everybody's still buying Call. Of Duty. It's just it's very frustrating to me that it's either one way or another. There's no middle road. Of course, there's never a middle road. You know what's funny though is. That's that's kind of an indication of almost like some companies running around like chickens with their heads cut off. Because yeah. Warren Spector, for example, is a good example of this. Like he came on board with Disney, and <clears throat> one of my friends was telling me apparently the story is that he came on board with two game ideas. One was an Epic Mickey game idea, and the other one was apparently some spiritual successor to Deus Ex. And so Man. the one, yeah, right. The, <laughs> the one that Disney chose for him to run with was, of course, the epic. Was, was wasn't Deus Ex. It's all that matters, right? <laughs> um, but that's the thing. Like Warren Spector was a name, just as you know, Notch is a name, and all these other like. Well, uh, it's, it's like Tim Schafer not making a game for years and years. You know, he's like everybody says, "Oh, Tim Schafer. Oh, Tim Schafer's great. Has he made a game in five years? No, but." They're established names, so a lot of these these companies that that kind of aren't connected really to the creative part of their companies that that are just like the ones that are counting their money. They're like, okay, what's going to make us more money? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> we should find somebody that's recognizable and have them do whatever. And and that seems to be kind of the the pattern now, right? Like you you bring somebody into an existing developer that's supposed to be like a big hotshot, big wig. Like just imagine if they bring I don't know, like John Romero or somebody, and and like say, hey, okay, make us a game. And then a lot of these these higher up executives that have no clue about the game development process will probably think like, okay, it's in the bag. We're gonna get you know maybe all the fans of this person or or of that genre that they're working on to just instantly like buy this game. <laughs> And then yeah. it's a it's a random grab as to like what the fuck's gonna happen when the game actually comes out. Maybe it, that idea will pan out, but it's not it's not the the safe bet that they might think it is, you know. So uh, it, it's just weird to me now that people are so in a, a non-risk mode where they don't want to try new things. Like I actually, there's a really good example of this just from. Um, what I experienced this past week, I was playing uh, Halo 4. I had some time to try it out, and I ended up beating it because it only took like two days. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm talking about the story. I know you can't beat multiplayer. Don't don't be smartassy and say that. Um, but I played the story mode, and this is their first three four three studios kind of. It's first, their first game. Well, I mean, it's their game. first original game. Right. Because after I, anniversary. I know three four three. Some of the people are like ex Bungie, right? Or, well, it's, it's like half of them are ex Bungie, right? But, but uh, it seems like they didn't get the people that really matter. You know what I mean? Well, I don't. <laughs> I don't know. No, well, I mean, I mean, I mean, if you listen, I mean, I'm sure you've played the you know Halo one through Reach. I'm sure you've played it or at least well, some I, I could play Reach, but I know the the general story. But I mean, the, the most the most telling thing is you turn the game on and it goes through the screen. You get to the title screen, mm-hmm. and the music is like a complete. 180 degree turnaround from what Marty O'Donnell Marty O'Donnell was the the music director for the uh, for all the uh, did Bungie you, games. Did you play four? Yes, I have played four. Now, did you beat it? Yes, it's okay. That's, <laughs> but that's the problem. It's like hey, it's like you know, I, I consider myself a serious uh, a serious fan of Halo lore, and while the lore in this one wasn't bad, 
it was very very different well that's and, what uh, uh that's what i was trying to lead up to because it's like yeah. uh nowadays um 343 could have gone it feels like they could have gone in two different paths like they reached a cro- uh, an intersection and they're like or not a crossroad sorry and they're like okay so we can be super safe and make something that has halo on it <laughs> and has established you know tropes and and things uh, video game elements and or we can try to be gutsy because this is our first game and give you a halo that might push some boundaries mm. and they clearly chickened out and I'm not yeah. sure if it's because of them or if it's because of Microsoft saying, hey, we need to make sure this does well, you know? Um, well, I, I like to think that, that, that a team like that, even if it's only half ex-Bungie, you know, that they would get a lot of autonomy. I mean, it's obvious that they know what they're doing. And, you know, I don't think that a lot of the success from even the first, even from Combat Evolved, the first Halo game, you know, I mean, it certainly had marketing behind it, but it wasn't expected to be such an explosively popular game like it was. Right. Whereas, you know, two and three, I mean, two, the the, the marketing campaign behind two was absolutely fucking insane. <laughs> I mean, I remember going to Seven Eleven and buying, you know, a Slurpee cup with an elite oh, on it. You know yeah. What I mean? And I think I still have it somewhere in my house, but I mean, that's just how insane it is. And it's even worse nowadays. So I, I can't decide if it's selling because of its merits or if it's selling because, you know, the well, fact that I can buy a Mountain Dew pack with Master, or not Ma- not Master Chief, but, you know, a Spartan on it or something like that. Right. Well, actually, like, let's take a little tangent and talk about Halo 4 then. Adam, have you played Halo 4? Yeah, I've played uh, some of the campaign co-op, and then I've played a lot of the multiplayer. Okay, so... so well, you- let me ask you, too, how familiar are you with the story itself? I'm mostly familiar. There's a bunch, unfortunately, in the middle that I, I only know general tidbits about. Because I, I played through some of Halo 3. I didn't play Reach. And Reach then I, didn't I played whole, Reach some didn't, of Reach and didn't really play... And I didn't play ODST. Two or three, yeah. Well, OD, ODST didn't have... A, it had a little bit to do with the overarching story. But not really. Reach, 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 yeah, sort of. Reach, it was kind of an add-on to three. Okay. Or was it three? Was it three or two? It was two, because it was supposed to be in New Mombasa. So it would have been like what was happening um, after Chief left Earth in Halo 2. But one thing I noticed since you guys have played, so even if you haven't fully played, maybe you'll be familiar with some. Like, it just feels like, um, let's divide this into two things. So there's gameplay, and then there's the plot. Now, the gameplay, I was used to, from what I had played of Halo, I was used to kind of a different approach to, to Halo. Like, I was surprised how many, I won't, okay, I won't call it necessarily Call of Duty elements, but how many, you know, typical FPS kind of elements yeah. were all of a sudden put into Halo yes. 4. Yes. Well, yeah, you, well, you have to you have to understand you have to understand that Halo set a lot of tropes for the shooter genre nowadays. Like right, but the, the thing is, like, like, like recharging health is totally Halo too. No, no, no. So that yeah. that part is fine, but yeah. there were things I'm saying like gameplay elements that I don't remember from the other ones. That all of a sudden, yeah. like for example, even the control scheme. When I went back and I was playing Halo Three, I'm like, wait, a bunch of this stuff is not even the same. Like, it's yeah. almost like they adapted some quasi. Cod quasi like uh, Halo cons- control scheme now for like how to to, to run and shoot and do all this yeah. stuff, um, and <laughs> the thing I, I didn't like is I I guess they had I can't remember they must have had like objective markers before but now it feels like they're doing the the, the usual thing that they do with FPS games now where it's like okay you're too dumb to figure out where to go now so yeah. we're gonna clearly put the objective marker with the little like uh, distance number and you know how far away that the marker is from you and that kind of thing and not to mention that but 
I, I was I was floored by how often they did the exact same objective system thing. Like, okay, we've entered a new area. So first we lead you through a ton of little, t- very thin tunnel alien walkways. Yeah. Which well, Bungie's, not- B- Bungie's always had that problem. I mean, that was a problem in the original games too, is that people complained that a lot of the indoor segments were very, very similar. But they almost yeah. felt too, like, claustrophobic in this one, if that makes sense. It's, it's, like, oh, but it's always been that way, because, like, even the, the big complaint, I'm thinking back to, like, you know, 12 years ago, so I'm thinking back to the original Halo, it was like, the main complaint with that game was that, number one, there's too much backtracking. And I don't know if you've played, I know that game religiously, like the back of my hand. There was a ton of backtracking in the first in the first Halo game. Well, that's a funny part thing. This one didn't really have much of any. Well, I mean, but then but, it actually but, made but, it feel but the too second short. Co- the second complaint was that every you know like the indoor areas were so claustrophobic and there were a lot of tunnels and it seemed like there was only you know one direction you could go because like a whole lot of the game was set in valleys and stuff like that you know like it's set in a canyon so there's pretty much only one way you can go you can't climb the sides of the canyon right. you know and I saw that problem in this one too where you know even if you're not in some old ancient forerunner installation or something you're 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 in a canyon or you're in a desert. Or you're on a vehicle being driven by a computer, like that huge giant elephant. But the thing they did, uh, I know which one you're talking about, but the thing they did this time that felt really lazy was, you okay, you would go through the little claustrophobic stuff, and then you'd come into an opening of some type, whether it's in a jungle or inside a ship or whatever. And then you'd have like, oh, for no reason whatsoever, we have to destroy these three energy things so that we can get to the next part. And they I don't even remember if they mentioned why the fuck I need to destroy it. They're just like, okay, targeting this, then target this some, one. It was like a gravity well, like this thing a gravity was well the ship. Yeah, it was, it was, it was usually, bizarre. It was usually like a set of three of those orbs, right? And then yeah. uh, there was another one where you actually were flying around where it's like, okay, you had to land here and then do this stuff. And now you had to land yeah. over here. Like it where felt you're, like... You were, in the, you were in the Pelican, the big drop ship. Yeah, yeah, the drop ship. And it just, it felt like... Um, they were just kind of mimicking a lot of stuff. Like, okay, we can have a mission where we do things, but can it be like doing different things? Like, <laughs> we literally, even the little Star Fox part where you're flying in the ship and you're dodging shit, like near yeah. the end. Yeah. Um, it was totally Star Fox, right? Because you have like stuff it's totally, no, it's exactly what I said on you. It's like, do a barrel roll. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so, so for the Star Fox part, even there near the end, they're like, okay, shoot these orbs again, because then that disables like some shield generator or some bullshit. And it's like, you don't really know what it's going to do. All you know is like, you have to keep shooting the same orbs in all of these areas. And it's incredibly repetitive, which surprised me. Yeah. Not to mention, they tried to offer a lot of those, like, there's a, you can only have like one special ability at a time. And hands down, the best special ability was picking up that little um, that little sentry gun thing. Yep. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So the 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 vision, the forerunner vision or whatever, is fucking useless because it's like there's only maybe two or three instances I could think of that were really like foggy or whatever where you would need to see well, that. It was the one where they introduced it. This is the segment where they introduced the, exactly. the forerunner vision. That's, exactly. That's useful. <laughs> so it's like, oh, it was useful there, and then maybe one other spot. But it's like, I'd rather drop that and have a fucking sentry gun I could take with me anywhere yeah. than have that. And then they had a hard light shield, which was also useless because I couldn't figure out a way. Maybe there is a way, but I didn't see it, of like holding it and attacking at the same time. I could only like run around with a shield, which is like, great, this is helping me because all those little... like. <laughs> robotic cat monsters are just like jumping on me the whole time so it's like that's not helpful and then um what was the other one there was one other item oh there's the jetpack the jetpack was cool but like you clearly only needed it for a certain section of the game 
Yeah. Once you beat it for that part, it's like, and the, the checkpoints were weird. Sometimes I would die, and then the checkpoint would revive me, and then I would have a different ability. Like, if I had um, the camouflage or something, the camouflage is fucking useless, by the way. The camouflage, <laughs> I would have it on, and they would still shoot me. Yeah. Well, you do realize if you move that it, it weakens. I don't know. It's always been like that. Well, what was weird is I would move around at first, and that would be fine. And then yeah. I would attack one thing and then try to stay well, still and then yeah. activate it. But it doesn't matter at that point because like, yeah. once you did that first attack, it's like, why bother having the camouflage? Um, and they tried to – it feels like a, bun- a, a couple different points they tried to um, uh, push you into doing some stealth kills. Yeah. But their stealth system is absolute crap. Well, it's always been. That's another thing that's always been going on in Halo. Though. Right. Was it a, like a sleeping grunt area? Yeah, yeah. Or yeah, like they've always done that. They're facing one way because they're fighting some other enemies or something. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so I'm only going to be able to kill one of these fools because the other one's going to get alerted to me. Yeah. But yeah, so the gameplay had a lot of weird things that I didn't expect uh, that they would do at this point. I thought they would be trying different things or at least things that felt more akin to the other Halo games. Like, it actually felt like a COD Halo to me in some respects. <laughs> well, is- yeah, so did you play multiplayer? Well, no, because I was I was playing on someone else's retail kit, and then um, I don't have an Xbox Live Gold account. And I was like, what the fuck? You need to have gold to play yeah. multiplayer? Which I guess makes sense for them, but I'm not used to that being a PSN person, so it's, like, <laughs> it's right. to me. Well, so the things that I think... What actually made me enjoy Halo 4 multiplayer more than Reach, for example, and this is probably going to piss a lot of people off, but it's exactly what you said. There are Call of Duty elements that they incorporated, like sprinting. Mm -hmm. Like before, that was a specific loadout, like the ability to sprint, and now you can sprint. Yeah. Because everybody can. Yeah, yeah now, everybody do people, can do it innately. Can people can people die really fast? Because one thing I used to play way back in the day, I used to play a lot of Halo Two, and yeah. I remember if you were good, it would be really difficult to kill people. Like everyone would like find ways of like surviving a little bit longer, and then you run around and whatever. Compared to Call of Duty, where like somebody just atomize you in like two seconds. Well, it's just I a see. matter of knowing when you have to withdraw. Because I think that a lot of the problem a lot of people have is that you know you can take a shot or two to the head. Mm-hmm. If you can react fast enough, you can hide and let your shield yeah. recharge. And then, you know, that's just that's just the element of the game that, I mean, that's just what makes Halo Halo. Instead of just getting popped in the head and dying automatically, mm-hmm. you at least have a couple seconds to react. Now, some people don't like that. I do like that. I prefer that, you know, because I like having a little time to react. But, you know, I mean, it's just a matter of knowing when you need to hide because... I mean, if you if you can get the beat on somebody, I mean, even if somebody starts shooting at you before you start shooting at them, if you have if you're a better marksman, you're going to be able to take them out. It's just a matter of knowing your skill. Right. So, I mean, the, but art, in the general, art of Halo is going to withdraw. I, yeah. I would say in general, you are alive longer between okay. spawns in Halo. So yeah. that's still yeah. kind of consistent because I remember that from the older Halo games. Like it, it just felt like you had a bit more time per life than you would say, for example, in like Call of Duty or maybe a Battlefield. Um, though I haven't played a ton of Battlefield, admittedly. Mm. I just I, I can't get into it. Like I, I played the story mode for uh, Bad Company Two, which is pretty fun, but uh, the multiplayer just I, something about it almost instantly turns me off. <laughs> And I'm like, nah, it's okay. I'll <laughs> just play some <laughs> other game instead. But anyway, so... Well, so go, well, continuing with the multiplayer, they have loadouts now, and then there's also, like, care packages. 
Oh, yeah. so they are well, kind of a, a, adopting more of a COD yeah. sort of. Yeah, they yeah. are. Hmm. So, so, yeah, I mean, I was really surprised when I saw, like, a care package come in, and I'm like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> but you someone like, called it in on my team. You but know? you like Call of Duty, right? So I would think that that may Yeah, I do. You, That's but... why. That's why I think people hearing me say, like, I like Halo 4 multiplayer better than Halo Reach multiplayer might not be so happy to hear it. But, right. yes, I well, I, so I think they, they both kind of suck because I think that, you know – the care package thing it's like okay you want a care package sort of deal you want you want loadouts you want to do that sort of shit go play call of duty that's cool go play call of duty but i don't want that in halo halo was and still should be an arena shooter where you, everybody starts out with the same weapon depending on what the game type is and you need to find your weapons you need to scavenge your weapons from other people or find them you know in certain places where they always spawn you know, you find a like you know the rocket launcher yeah. spawns in the middle of the map. Okay, go get it. But it's not like that anymore. It's yeah. just like it makes you know. Sense. So the, the real question is like, why did this team think that they need to? You know, if that's what Halo been whoa, whoa, whoa. the entire time. You're, you're turning into a robot. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. For some reason, uh, try try that again. <laughs> yeah, so I was saying, why the question becomes, why did why did three four three feel like they needed to move towards the Call of Duty style if Halo's right. always been known for... But that kind of... Uh... It's just because that style is more popular now. I mean, Call of Duty is so is so dominant. It's so dominant that it, you know, it pretty much has dictated what FPS games have well, been think, in the past uh, years. I, I think that's definitely part of it, but I think, yeah. going back to what we were talking about earlier, like, I think that leads into... You know, since 343, this is their first game, they're probably feeling the pressure, like, this has to do well. So that means we may have to make concessions and mush the game into a form that what is what they think better suits, like, the general gaming populace. So if the general gaming right. populace is eating up Call of Duty, they're going to be like, well, shit. They even did, what's funny is, they even did, I think it only happened once or twice in the whole game the contextual like melee battle thing where, like some dude jumps on you and it's in first person and you're like push him off and i'm like oh yeah. that's a fucking they did that in call of duty <laughs> like what the fuck is this like and it's not even like um like a heavy rain kind of thing or whatever where you'd have like a specific set of motions or whatever it's literally just like bumper button to knock guy off like it's not even like a complicated thing it's just like an instantaneous kind of reaction as soon as Wait, you mean you mean a vehicle hijack? No, 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 no. Uh, not I mean like a story base. Like you get oh, up to this, I mean like a quick time event. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you get to an area, and then like uh, a forerunner or whatever jumps you, and then uh, you have to yeah. press whatever, and then his struggle ends as he Master Chief goes wham, and then knocks and, him, like punched him in the face, and exactly. So it's like, wow, you guys are just kind of copying some of these things. <laughs> but whatever. Um, from a story aspect, though, I'd like to discuss, like, uh, I was surprised how light the story was. I'm not. I mean, I mean I'm, I'm not anymore. I was thinking with the hype that they gave, right, that there was going to be some massive revelation or, or something crazy. And I guess, yeah, all right, so it is a big deal that you're fighting, like, a forerunner, right? Yeah. But... The the presentation of the forerunner was so disappointing. Like it's bad. I mean, I, I I told my roommates this too. Is like when I first started when the first Halo came out. It's like you know they mentioned the forerunner. It's like ooh, some super shady sort of secret, you know, sort of ancient civilization, which may or may not have been just one guy doing something. You know, like, the, but the mystery is more interesting than actually finding out about it. Exactly. 
That's and my point. That is literally, uh, I can't remember if we talked about the Leviathan DLC for Mass Effect 3, but that is the same thing that happened in their DLC, where they introduced this whole element of the story that I didn't even care to know about until like they force it on you, where, okay, there's Reapers, right? So big, scary Reapers, and, you know, they're going to kill you, and blah, blah, blah. And then that Leviathan DLC brings in, like, well, who created the Reapers? Well, you're going to meet them. And I, I was like, wait, wait, I don't, I don't want to meet him. No, what are you, what are you doing? And then you, you meet them, and and there's no more mystery, yeah. because it establishes what they are, why they stupidly did what they did, how it blew up in their face, and like it's like it's like what Valve did with TF2. It introduced a story. Well, no, it's exactly they they ruined the mystery behind what. No, it is. I mean. <laughs> what what ruined Halo was they revealed what the Forerunner are. What ruined Mass Effect is that they revealed you know the Protheans, right? I forget. Uh, no, Prothe- well, in this case, it's it's even like a different. They just I think I, they might just call it the ones that came before. I don't I remember if they even had a name. Mm. It's not the Protheans though that created yeah. Reapers. It was these other things that coincidentally look like Reapers. So, yeah. <laughs> so wow. you gotta wonder where they got the shape for the Reapers from. <laughs> um, yeah. <Shit. laughs> He's gonna get all mad again. Anyway, I'm let's not stop. I'm just like I can't believe it. It's like, but I will say- just just uh, this, that's why I said like why you know it wasn't a bad game by any means. It wasn't a shitty game. I oh, enjoyed Halo watching 4 it. Or- yeah, Halo Halo Four. I'm sorry, Halo Four. Well, there's one thing I will say. Despite how oh God how annoying Cortana was with the whole rampancy thing, um, I actually at the end of the game. Despite all the problems I had with the story and the lack of a boss and all this kind of shit, um, and the lack of anything happening really, is that uh, <laughs> I liked Master Chief more because I they had a lot of development like with like showing him as a kid in the beginning and yeah. all this shit going going him going through and him losing Cortana and, and all this stuff. It's like you feel bad for him and i i, I kind of felt a little bit bad for him before because when you think about it even though they don't necessarily say it all the time it's like wow this is just his whole life yeah i mean if you read the books it's it's his whole life his whole life he has lived in the military pretty much like he doesn't know anything else he doesn't yeah. know how to really think anything else and there's these moments in halo 4 despite the annoying bits in there there are these moments where despite you not seeing what his face facial expressions are you feel like god this really fucking sucks for him because yeah. he's just being told, go out, do this. And he has those moments where he's like, fuck you, for the first time. I'm going to do what I know is right. And I was like, yes, yeah. you go, Master Chief. You do that <laughs> shit. You do it. You go, girl. And I, at the end, I actually really liked him. Unfortunately, yeah. that's the only good thing about it. <laughs> like, the, uh, uh, have enough people played it by now, probably? Should no, we just, just say it. Just, just say, it. say it. So, okay, this is your official spoiler warning, guys. I'm not going to do a whole spoiler section because we're not going to talk about it that much. But the end bit, how the fuck does he survive? They don't say really how that works. Or she, she erected a shield of hard light around him. Yeah, it was a deus ex machina. You know, yeah, he was cold. If he had shot maybe the bomb from far away, okay. But he was literally holding the bomb. And yeah. then all of a sudden, like, where did the bomb go? What the fuck is happening? Where where are they? So why don't you see an explosion? How can she even do the hard light thing anyway? Yeah. Like, she's totally untouchable AI the whole time. And then near the end, con- conveniently enough, when the guy is going to attack Master Chief, she's like, no, I'm going to split into a ton of crazy people and just grab him. And then, and then 
now you don't even have to have a boss battle, yeah. which is weird because he had that that's that cool looking armor, the forerunner yeah. guy, and I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I can see what's gonna happen. It's gonna be a boss battle. I'm gonna have to knock off the armor so that he has a weak spot, and then I'm gonna have to shoot him or something. And this is gonna be like crazy because it's only on a platform, so I'm probably gonna die a bunch of times. But that's okay. And then, <laughs> and then he goes into that scene, and I'm like, wait a minute. Wait, 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 it's already making me do the, the grenade in his face. Wait, wait, so where's the battle? Fuck! And then the battle's over. Well, it's not a battle, it's a cutscene. It's a, it's, a, it's a quick time event. It's a quick time event. It's a quick time event. What the? <laughs> and then it's over. Oh, and you no. can't really fail it, really. You only have one chance, which is funny. And then, and then that's it. And then you get the little stuff with Cortana, which is like, mm. like I, I'm sure some people really like Cortana. And I could see some benefits to her, but in this particular game, she's super annoying to me. Because I know she talks to you all the time in the games, but is it just me? Or in this game, is she super naggy? Like, yeah, she's telling you objectives and stuff normally. But this time, it's like, I guess because of her rampancy, she's saying a bunch of really annoying, like, quips. And, like, uh, getting, really, getting really pissy about stuff. And uh, I was just like, at a bunch of points, I'm like, Cortana... I wish I could just tell you to shut the fuck up because I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to deal with you right now. I'm Master Chief. Just open that goddamn door. Don't start saying. Duh, 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 duh. You know, just open it. <laughs> open it right now. Don't make me mad. You know. <laughs> and it's weird to me that this is the only kind of being that he's ever been with for that long. Like that's the closest thing he's come to for friend, right? Yeah. And and maybe more. Like I don't. You I see, that's a problem. It's one thing to consider a friend. You know. It, it, because I mean, she is basically. If you don't, I don't know if they mentioned this in the games or not, but like, she's effectively a copy of the scientist brain. This this, well, this say, doc, Dr. Halsey. I don't know if they say that in the game. No, they 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 say it, and then they yeah. say it at a certain point when she knows there's a point of no return. She's like, well, they could give you another AI like me, but yeah. it won't be the same. Yeah. And I I did feel kind of bad because it's like they've grown together, and so they they work as like a well-oiled unit, whatever. And once you separate one of those. What are they going to do for the next Halo? Like, is this going to yeah. be Master Chief actually having emotion because he doesn't have that thing anymore? Like, they, they had uh, two points where Lasky said it once and Cortana said it once that were like, uh, well, who's the machine and who's the man kind of thing. Yeah. And I thought that could be a really interesting lead-in to a future Halo game where we've seen Master Chief this whole time being very restrained, very professional, very, like, badass. But what happens when some of those restrictions kind of come loose? Or what if he's paired with an AI that's very much like him, but like the opposite of him? So if, wouldn't that be kind of interesting? Like you have an AI that already has kind of an attitude, but has some of his qualities at heart. Mm. Like what if they made an AI based off of his brain? Yeah. If they could do it off of Halsey, why couldn't they do it off of him? Well, Halsey was a badass to begin with. I always liked her. Yeah. She was, she was good in the books, too. Why well, I, I never read the books. The, the books are actually, the first couple, were pretty interesting, actually. But it's like they have a lot of potential, right? Like, the more we talk about it, it's like they could go off in a really cool, maybe darker direction with some uh, Master Chief story development or something like that. But I'm very doubtful that they're going to do that, which is a shame because it feels like they're giving themselves little stepping stones to get there. Yeah. But I don't think they're going to end up taking that path, which sucks. Um, But, yeah, so long story short, a lot of these companies just really uh, almost feel like they're running around blind. Like, they're trying to grab anything that's familiar and mush those together and then make a game. Yep. Which that's all people buy. I mean, people are naturally... It's not just a video game thing. People are naturally afraid of, you know, things that... Not necessarily 
they're not afraid of innovation, but they're afraid of the unknown, I guess, you know? That's that's the unfortunate part because I know, you know, the unknown is what started these things being yeah. popular. You know, like the first Halo or actually Marathon, I guess, if you think. Yeah, about it. Marathon's amazing. Are, aren't Marathon. they gonna? There's gonna be some sequel to Marathon. I think that Bungie might be working on a sequel to Marathon, which is pretty fucking sweet, actually. <laughs> um. So yeah, there's there's potentials in the future. Who's tapping things? Tappy tappy. Adam. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Our click, Halo talks that boring. Click, click. Um, anyway, so yeah, that's a Halo talk. But I do like Master Chief actually more now, if that's possible. Yep. Um, and he's a cool guy. Yeah. And he actually, I think he talked more in 4 than I remember from pretty much all the previous games. Like, I don't remember him saying very much. I don't know how I feel about that. Games. But I don't know. Let's, but let's, that's true. You know who else is a cool like, guy? I don't think he said that much before. You know who else is a cool guy? Who? I don't know. Is Joe Biden cool? I don't know. Oh, God. <laughs> Just have to lead in with the Joe Biden. Sorry. So Joe Biden. Smooth transition. Guys. It was a good one. I'm, I'm a master. Um, we talked about this last time, I believe, about uh, how Joe Biden was talking with a bunch of representatives from the different developers in the industry about video games and violence and possible connections. So unfortunately, they still aren't backing down with all, any of that stuff. And if anything, they're bringing more attention to it. Um so we, we mentioned last time the CDC is going to get $10 million for researching causes of gun violence. And that's, of, of course, going to be video game effects uh, and how its effects on young minds. So mm-hmm. um, what I'm afraid of, and I mentioned this before the show, is that these guys are going to really go in-depth and find... Uh, there have been uh, studies that show a certain degree of aggression that is brought about from playing, you know, like, violent games, which is probably a normal response if you do anything <laughs> remotely violent or, like, really active. But there is no ne- definite connection between aggression and violence. Yeah. Just because you're aggressive doesn't mean you're going to go out and kill somebody. Yeah. You could have an aggressive personality, but that would be interpreted different ways, whatever. So my fear is that people, especially like Fox News or whatever, is going to jump on this term and then end up trying to make aggression and violence kind of one and the same. Because, you know, it's very easy for simple minds to not really get the fact that those things can be two separate uh, yeah. entities. Well, did, um, you see that, did you see that one of, you, one of your guys' senators, a, uh, Leland Yee? Fuck Leland Yee. Fuck oh, him. yeah. Did you read this article that I posted? He had to apologize. Is that the one that you're talking about? No, I, I didn't hear about that. All I heard was that he, uh, let's see, he said, California Senator Leland Lee, this is on uh, GameSpot, by the way, California Senator Leland Lee, Leland Yee, sorry, <laughs> whose much publicized violent video game law was struck by the Supreme Court in 2011, has offered a new message to gamers, quiet down. And this was his quote right here. Gamers have got to just quiet down. Gamers have no credibility in this argument. This is all about their lust for violence and the industry's lust for money. This is a billion-dollar industry. This is about their self-interest. <clears throat> Let me clarify that this is coming from a California senator where Hollywood is based. Right. He's complaining about a billion-dollar industry. Well, that that's linked to what I just read. I had read an updated thing. I can't find it now where he apologized saying he didn't mean to say that. Of course, because uh-huh. he realized after not. the fact these guys are going to kick your ass out of office. <laughs> So, is he yeah, a Democrat? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did see, you, let me what, ask you this: Did you vote for him? I don't remember. I don't think I well, did. Well, he's for San Francisco, right? So, what is yeah. 
And yeah, but just because he is doesn't mean I voted for him. The problem is I knew about him before. And I knew about his bull. He's been trying to do this video game violence bullshit for a long, long time. So he's it's a state senator. I'm sorry. I thought he was a U.S. Uh, yeah. No, no, yeah. So, but he's been trying to pull this shit for a long time. And it's annoyed the crap out of me. <laughs> so whenever I see his name pop up, I'm like, oh, God, what is he doing this time? What what bullshit is he trying to to get? He's trying to cast himself as like a new Tipper Gore or a new. uh... That's the thing, and I think he's realizing this shit's going to backfire on him because not only are gamers going to be pissed, but industry, you know, because let's face it, there's a lot of uh, money that that could flow in and out of pockets based on what these guys say, and maybe maybe his his apology was based on the fact that, who knows, maybe uh, ESA or, or somebody with a, with a lot of cash that usually would support certain senators is like, you know what? We don't need you bad-mouthing our industry, so we're yeah. going to take our money someplace else. So I'm, that's just my speculation, but that could be close to the truth. Who knows? But yeah, so there's been a lot of this bullshit lately with video, violence in video games, and it's kind of coming to well, a it head. Comes up, it comes up every goddamn time something like this happens. Well, now you're not going to, let's be honest, you're not going to see this go away for a while because of all the recent gun violence. So as, as long as that is still in the headlines, it is going to go hand in hand with video game shit. For a long time, until that starts to die down, or people until something that. other, until something else distracts people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> until something else distracts them, it's still going to be in the forefront. Because it's not like video games and violence have have uh, the whole you know link supposedly between them. It's not like this is a new thing. It comes up in like waves every now and then, right? Yeah. So, not even just for shootings, but anything somewhat violence related usually yeah. is just like hey let's talk about games too <laughs> it's like no get right. the fuck out of here <laughs> stop let's it let's talk about games have you played uh have you played the new day of sex yeah it's pretty sweet oh god uh, wait what new day are you talking no, about i was talking about human, human i've been playing it recently oh human so you just, yeah you waited till now to play human no I've, I've played it before oh, i was okay. playing it again <laughs> yeah we we talked about that a long time ago i think yeah I think when it came out. I have so many problems. That that was my roommate's game of the year. That was 2011, so. Oof. Well, yeah, it's. It was all right. No, I mean, it has some cool elements. It also has a lot of stuff that I'm like, wow, you guys really screwed us out of what I thought was going to be a (laughs) gameplay thing. Like, you know, remember when they show those really amazing cinematics? Yeah. And you're like, oh, God, I'm going to do all this stuff, but in the game. But I can't. And you can't. And then, like, oh, that Rihanna-looking cyborg chick, she's probably going to be, like, an important character. Oh, not really. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, there was so much letdown because they made him so fucking badass in those really nice cinematics that it got my hopes up way too high. Um, speaking of cinematics, so they released... Uh, did we talk about this last time? They released cinematics for StarCraft II's Heart of the Swarm. I don't think no, we, we talked talk about this. this. No, we no. didn't. Okay, so they did. Uh, they released a really nice looking cinematic. Was, was this was this the one where they're fighting the human city and the Zerg come and knock over that big statue? Yeah, they just fuck yeah. everything up. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. And if, there, but, if there's one thing that Blizzard has been, you know, consistently amazing at, it's making those sorts of cinematics. They're always really, really, really good. Yeah, it, it's yeah. funny to me though because it's like they make it so epic, and then you realize, yeah. wait, but in the real game they look like tiny little yeah. people. Same thing. <laughs> yeah. Like ga- there should be a little like asterisk on the bottom of the screen say gameplay may not uh, look as this is this is not a, this is not in the actual game engine. <laughs> not yeah, not indicative of actual gameplay or something yeah. like that. Um, so there was that trailer that came 
came out that was pretty amazing. And then, but it's sh- kind of short. And then there was a really long trailer for um, the Elder Scrolls MMO. Did you guys see that one? Yeah, that what one are they is fucking doing awesome. to that series? No, no, no. no. Okay, okay. What are they doing? We're just talking purely by the cinematic, though. It was great. It yeah. Was and I believe it was, if you guys are familiar, any listeners, uh, Blur Studios, that usually does a lot of amazing cinematics. Like, they did the, the SWOTOR cinematic, which was really good. You know, the whole Sith versus... This is also a game that failed. <laughs> yeah, and they're still, they're still struggling by. Um, but so... I believe El- El- the Elder Scrolls MMO uh, cinematic was done by them, which explains why it looks so fucking lifelike. There's that uh, elf girl, that like mage girl, yeah. that sometimes just looks like a real person, depending on which, which shot you're looking at. <laughs> this is pretty crazy. Um, so that game's coming out, and I'm hoping it, it will be somewhat of a good game. I mean, it's not like it's done by totally different... It's still Bethesda, right? So Yeah, but I think that some other <clears throat> studio has a big hand in it, since... Obviously, Bethesda hasn't made an MMO before. As, as, long, as, it, as long as it's not a dis, uh, as big a disparity as, uh, say, the, the Dead Island trailer compared to the actual oh, Dead yeah, Island games. You remember how disappointing that was? Because the trailer... Yes. Oh, my God. This but, is uh, uh, change but, our view on zombies. But the Elder Scrolls universe is, like, completely antithetical to, like, any... You know, not, not MMOs in general, but especially the way MMOs are now played. It's like, MMOs nowadays are... You have a set class. You pick a class when you make your character. Whereas, you know, in Elder Scrolls, what do you do when you make your character? You pick their appearance, you pick their um, uh, their race, and you pick a name. Mm-hmm. And then you can pretty much do whatever you want after that. Well, that's I, not entirely true. The only reason why I'll say that is because, like I've said before, I've played Final Fantasy XI for years. I don't play it anymore. But that one was one of those games where you could pick any class you wanted. But that's not the way it is now. That game, how old is Final Fantasy XI? It's got to be... It's from 2003. Yeah, it's 10 years old. Right. So, I mean, but it's not like that anymore. Ever since, I mean, WoW came out the year after Final Fantasy XI did, and everything that has come since has been a, more or less a WoW clone. Any, any MMO that's come out since 2004 has been a WoW clone because WoW is so goddamn successful. And I think it's going to be impossible for somebody, you know, some some you know relative upstart, you know, compared to Blizzard, Bethesda is going to be an upstart in the MMO in the MMO uh, industry. Well, I'm curious. To, I mean, I'm crossing my fingers that I get into the beta so I can get a better peek uh, about the, the whole MMO. But I, I have my hopes, at least, that if it is an Elder Scrolls MMO, that it'll at least incorporate a lot of what makes Elder Scrolls yeah. good. Well, they're 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 fucking up the story already. Well, <laughs> other than other than the whole like, my fear is, of course, considering what everybody does in Skyrim, I don't want everyone just looting and pillaging and killing everything because <laughs> it'll be like fucking <laughs> chaos. Less like a rioter land, yeah. you know, like. Uh, but that's all. But that's also the allure of Elder Scrolls that you can do pretty much whatever the fuck you want, and right. now you're not going to be able to do that. I mean, it, it's fine. You want to make an, another MMO? Fine, throw your money away. I don't fucking care. Yeah. But it, don't fuck up. Elder Scrolls. I wanted Elder Scrolls Six, not Elder Scrolls the MMO. I, I really did. I, I love I love the lore of Elder Scrolls. I like the universe. I love everything about it. It's a really unique backstory. It's a really unique canon. A really unique universe. And now they're just gonna throw it all away because they want to make some fucking money. It's like it's like everything. I know I complain <laughs> about this all the time. I know I complain I mean, about I, this sort of. I, no, I mean, I, I know I complain about people making money. It's like it's, I don't want people to not make money. I just don't want them to sacrifice what they originally set up to do to do it. You know what I mean? Right. No, no, I understand. But this is exactly the problem. For example, we just mentioned SWOTOR. They yeah. ran into the same difficulty where 
people like me, like like what you're saying, you just want another regular Elder Scrolls game. I just wanted KOTOR 3. Yeah. Because they they left so many things unanswered in the past, especially the second game, which is you know not necessarily their fault. I think they got screwed with their development cycle. But um, there's a lot of uh, closure that people really wanted, and it's like they could have made so much money by making a Knights of the Old Republic three. But what did they think? Oh, we well, you could make more money in the long term from making an, an MMO of it. Hang on, wait. Bum, bum, yeah, right. Because they are they already went free to play last <laughs> at the end of last year. Yeah. So, um, so it's it's so unfortunate because there's there's little and this may happen with the Elder Scrolls MMO. There are pockets of things that still feel like what KOTOR used to be in SWOTOR. Like, you know, oh, you get the fun dialogues and you get to make choices in the dialogues and then you get certain character or story things that are interesting, which, you know, I frankly think are more interesting than World of Warcraft ones. But in terms of gameplay, because you have to incorporate your gameplay with everybody else's gameplay on that planet and, you know, making sure everything works and is fair and all this bullshit, uh, just naturally you lose a lot of what you could have done in a single player format because you just can't do it. Like when I was afraid of looting and pillaging and shit, I'm sure you're right. They're probably going to have to have limits on like how much can be stolen or how many people can be killed or something, yeah. you know, like something so that people aren't constantly burning down all the castles and towns and stuff. Um, but that, that was the tragedy that was SWOTOR. Like you guys could have used all this uh, budget and effort and all this people. energy towards making a single-player game that probably would have sold millions. That would have had, you know, stories that actually ended instead of going off into like, oh, my starship is flying into the distance and now I'm stuck doing endgame and PvP bullshit for forever. You know? <laughs> no, it's true. Like, I know. That's even what happened with Final Fantasy XI. I mean, they like any MMO... MMOs always come out with expansions, so it makes you feel like I'm extending the story a little bit each time. But when you get to a point where people are so jaded that they're assuming the next expansion, all it's going to be is another PvP war zone like it is for SWOTOR, or another planet where you're getting general stories instead of character-specific stories, then yeah. that's when people start to say, you know what, I'm out. I'm, 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 not, I'm not doing this yeah. anymore, which is a shame. Another thing about SWOTOR, since we're on the subject, I don't know if you saw this, but they introduced a planet where homosexual relationships are possible. Okay, so that is what I was <laughs> It's only one of... planet, though. You can't... <laughs> no, okay, so here's the thing, right? When they first announced the game, they made... I, I don't have the article, but I kept hearing that they'd made references that, you know, like, for example, in Mass Effect and... Um, actually, really just Mass Effect, I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, where they have, like, anybody can do anything with anybody, kind of, yeah. you know, like a... I mean, which I have no problem with. Like, it, it, it takes some guts, considering how fucking immature some of our industry is, to say, like, look, we're totally going to have gay uh, couples. Now, we're going to have bisexual. Now, now, I want to emphasize how totally true that is. But on the other hand, I want to emphasize how utterly fucking hollow it seems at the right, same time. Right. No, no, I agree. Like, it has to have substance and it has to be believable. And it, ha yes. it, it can't look like just like, oh, we're trying to get. It's gay a caricature. It's a caricature of what, you know, it, it takes stereotypes of gay, of gay people, actual gay people, you know, like that actually exist just so you know what um, i know they actually exist i mean these are actual people who have like varying interests and they don't like living up to people's stereotypes well, you know what's but then they just slip them into stereotypes <laughs> you know what's weird about the stereotype thing well, you mentioned it and maybe this will happen in the swotor planet is like 
they're they're very inconsistent. Like even for Mass Effect, there's a bunch of characters that are gay or like become gay, <laughs> Caden, later on <laughs> that um it, some of them are treated actually better than others in terms of their development. Like some people I love there's a there's a pilot uh in Mass Effect 3 who's a cool guy, Steve Cortez. Nice character. However, they like to really focus on the fact that, okay, he lost his husband and all this stuff. And then it keeps kind of coming around to the fact that, like, he's gay. It's like, yeah. okay, we've established that he's gay. That's cool. Can we move on to, like, maybe some more stuff about him? And then you get a tiny bit about his, you know, liking to pilot stuff, and that's cool. But it's like I, ne- I, mean, I never felt like I got enough development yeah. about him as a character compared to the other girl, Samantha Trainer, who's a lesbian, where once or twice it indicates, oh, she likes Edie's voice. So that means, okay, she's gay. Whatever. Um, but she's, you know, really capable. Yeah. She comes up with these clever plans and stuff. So she actually has more content to her personality than poor Steve Cortez over here, who's like, oh, my husband. Oh, my husband. You know, it's like, <laughs> okay, it sucks. I understand that it sucks. But now that I've helped you in this little mini quest thing, get over, you know, your husband, like, can, can we can start Can you get over your husband? <laughs> yeah, can you get over your husband so we can, can you- actually... Like, I want to talk about you, you know? Like, I want to talk about, like, what stuff you like. And ironically, with Caden, when they made him gay in the third one, even though he was gay in the first one and they got scared and they cut that part, um, he actually has some really kind of subtle development, which is nice. So it's like they couldn't figure out with these characters, like, across the board, they couldn't make them all feel genuine. Some of them have pockets of these genuine feelings and stuff, and other ones are like, okay, gay character, you know? So it's – there's – it's still a young industry, relatively speaking, and it, and people are still trying to find their way, and you're still dealing with all these fucking gamers that are like, oh, faggot, you know, like, and they're saying oh, yeah, shitty things. It's, yeah, I don't, there, there are ways to respond to that that don't seem like you're just trying to make a quick book off. Right. The, the, yeah, you know, I, I'm the most liberal fucking person I know. And I mean... Well... <laughs> and I mean... I mean, I I mean, mean anything. Well, I mean... When it, I, I, I am socially liberal, so it's like, you know, so it's like somebody's gay, okay, that's cool. Right. I, I carry on with me. It doesn't fucking bother me. It doesn't, I don't, I just don't care. It's like, you want to do that? Cool with me. Um, but I mean, like, at the same time, you know, yeah, so I mean, the, the, the kids whine about faggot, faggot, faggot. It's like, yeah, they're fucking stupid, they're kids. Kids do stupid fucking things. And if they carry on doing that when they get older, they're even fucking stupider. Mm, yeah. But, uh, but the thing about Bioware, I guess yeah, I should say EA, the thing about EA with the whole, after the whole debacle um, uh, about how, you know, certain elements were complaining about all the gay relationships and that, it's like, you know, okay, they, they could have just stepped back and say, you know, guys, just fucking deal with it. But the thing is, is like, they seize this as an opportunity to like, present themselves as, you know, like some arbiter for homosexual rights in video games. When it's just completely fucking obvious that the only reason they're doing this is to make more, you know, make more money. They're not doing it because they have any interest in, in the LGBT community. They're not doing this because they have any interest in, in well, you know... And making it better for for homosexual for, characters for EA itself, that's probably true. But I would say for a bunch of the Bioware devs, from the messages I've seen, it does seem like at least some of them are trying to make a genuine, concerted effort to make a more—I don't know what you would call it—like a more realistic setting. Because it's like, look, yeah. this is the fucking galaxy. You're not going to only deal with like heterosexual people. You're going to deal with all kinds of people. So we should uh, have representatives of that, you know, so it feels more realistic, right? Even though you're dealing with aliens, whatever. Um, and, and I think that was why people were like, what? at the SWOTOR thing. Because it's like, 
they chickened out or something at some point because in the beginning when they first announced the game, I swear to God I heard somewhere that they were going to have some kind of same-sex relations to well, some they, degree. They, they mentioned that in a, in a, I, I went on a Kotaku, unfortunately, one oh, day, yeah. a couple weeks ago. <laughs> and you I saw was, that? I, think, I, I read that it, it, was some, that it was some creative director, I think, from Bioware at the, before the project was really underway that they wanted to incorporate that. Yeah, but, but so they it, never it, got around to it. It was like some it was like some technical constraint. Like, what technical constraint could there be? You flip a switch, and all of a sudden, your character can romance a character yeah, of the you, same sex. It doesn't it, seem that complicated. It's just a, it's just a flag you activate, yeah. and it's like okay, gay, whatever. <laughs> but so now that they have a planet that has gay characters, that makes it more noticeable because it's like, wait a minute. So I played this whole content of a game up to this point and interacted nothing, and then I'm on this one specific planet, and there's like a bunch of gay people. But, like, how many gay people? They also made um, – people got a little too excited because at first they thought that this expansion that's going to come out with the planet, uh, when they mentioned same-sex stuff, they're like, oh, my God, does that mean some of my companions I can actually romance now that I couldn't romance before? No, it's not that. It's not what you would actually be hoping for. It's going to be NPC (laughs) characters. It's probably like, please help me find my ten – children that I've scattered throughout this planet. Oh, wait, I'm also gay. You know, like, it's probably going to be something like that, you know? Like, something that totally doesn't matter that they just wrote into the, oh, the side plot that it's like, okay, now we can say that we're LB- LGBT-friendly and, you know, like, it, it's going to be fucking... I need stu- you to go collect 10 Tauntaun skins, and by the way, I'm a lesbian. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know? But th- that's my frustration. It would take It would take more work, but it would be really interesting if they allowed an ability where you could romance characters that were you know i guess at this point they would have to be bisexual if you added that after the fact um but that's more work and that's more programming and they're not going to do that so instead they're going to take an npc that didn't exist before because it's easy and then just make them gay what did you say about Edie and that lesbian character in mass effect so when you first meet samantha trainer and she's telling you all her qualifications she's really brainy and smart and she's kind of funny uh, Edie, who's, you know, the AI, she's yeah. talking and saying, like, I can, I submit that Samantha Trainer is intelligent, whatever. There's something where, like, everybody's kind of praising Trainer at this point, where she's first introduced. And, um, Trainer doesn't realize that Edie's an AI. I think she thinks that it's, like, oh, no, it's no, 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 she knows it, she thinks it's a program. She doesn't realize it's actually an artificial intelligence. Oh. So, um, then at one point Edie, like, says, oh, yeah, I'm an AI, I can actually think and shit. So... <laughs> <laughs> exactly like that. And then uh, Samantha Trainer's like, oh my god, I'm so embarrassed, you know, because says something about her voice being so attractive or whatever, which is Trisha Helfer, so I guess well, that... Well, I, I like Keith David's voice. Does that make me gay? No, I mean, no, I'm... Just, that, that was... Take it to the gay planet, Colin. That was, I, need to go, I need to go to, like, like gay Tatooine or something like that. But that was Bioware's way at the beginning of the game of being like, here's a hint, she's gay, because, you know, she has to be super attracted to a girl's voice. Um, and then it's funny because later, if you're a guy shepherd, and you know, guy she- shepherd's such a hoe because he's going to be trying to like get <laughs> everybody on the ship, right? So you can try to get with Samantha Trainer. Like she comes up, whether you're interested in her or not, everybody kind of comes up to visit you at your room at some point to talk or whatever. So while she's talking to you about playing chess or something, you're like, oh, can we do something else? You know? <laughs> she's like, and then she basically indicates like, no, I'm sorry, I'm not into dudes or whatever at that point. So that's the only point where you get for sure that she's gay. But these other points, it's like, oh, that voice is attractive. Gay. <laughs> it's kind of funny that way. But like, totally I, gay. As Super I said, gay. like, that's, that's kind of a silly way of saying it, but it's like, that's the inconsistency. There's... 
clearly some writers at Bioware that are really good and they've written dialogues in those all these games that I've played that I'm like, man, that was fucking awesome. And then you get to certain other parts of the gameplay. Hepler, 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 Hepler. Yeah. Excuse me. Oh, oh. Was, did, did you guys play Dragon Age 2? No. Or, or, why, why, why would I do something like that? Why would I torture <laughs> myself? Well, okay. And Dragon Age 1 is a little kind of promiscuous, but the, but 2 is like even more so. Like, 2 just feels like, dude, I'm going to bang everybody in my party, <laughs> except for the dwarf. Why didn't you play that, Colin? <laughs> I don't know. Now I kind of want to. It's, it's hilarious if you play. You'll be banging everybody. <laughs> if you play it that way, it's probably really funny. Um, <laughs> but it's like everyone's like super promiscuous. Which is funny because uh, one of the writer, the lead writers, David Gator, uh, he has a Tumblr and he writes a bunch of articles about game development, whatever. And there was one where usually I really like what he writes, but he he did one that was kind of made me giggle a little, just like come on, guy, where um, he was talking right. about how like romances and stuff in general need to kind of take a backseat to the main story. And I'm like, well, normally that would be true. However, you guys even though their side stories play such an emphasis on fucking romance in these games that you can't deny that that is some, like how many asexual shepherds are there out there that are just like, Nope, not, not any of this. Get, get, get away, get away from my thing. I don't want it. No, you know, get away from my thing. Get away from my thing. Right. That's authentic dialogue too, isn't it? Can you, you know, she really said that. What, just just give up the animation thing. Go right for Bioware. <laughs> Get yeah. away from my thing. Get away from my thing. I don't, I don't, I don't have time for this. I need a galaxy to save. Get away from my thing. I, I should go. Get away from my thing. Yes, but like, like I'm saying, like it, you can't deny, especially with Mass Effect and how they really push a Liara, you know, alien chick on you no matter what kind of shepherd you are. Um you can't deny that they have that almost as a, a partial focal point these days. With with Knights of the Old Republic way back in the day, no. It, w- it was, at that time, really a side story. Like, okay, you could get with Bastila or you could get with Karth, depending on if you're a guy or a girl or whatever. But that always felt kind of uh, vanilla. Not vanilla, like PG-13. Like, they never even had a kissing cutscene for those things. Ooh. They would say, like, I love you. You'd have, you know, development where, like, they would get to trust you. And actually, it felt like you worked harder for their relations than you would for, like, the Mass Effect people. Or especially the, the Dragon Age people where, like, if you just say some nice things to the Dra- Dragon Age people, one day they come to your room and they're like, hey, you want to bang? And like, yeah, okay, let's go. And Fuck then yeah. <laughs> three years later, they're like, oh, my God, relationship. So <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's changed a lot. <laughs> Although Dragon Age Origins did make you work a bit more for it because it was a much longer game in general. Work a bit more for it. Ooh. Where, okay. Yeah, that's I guess she she my thing, Colin. <laughs> that's, that's what she said. <laughs> oh, God. There's no way I can not turn that into something gross. But uh, <laughs> but there was more. You'd have to go through way more dialogue trees before you went further in a relationship with a character, which felt more appropriate. As opposed to now when they're making the shorter single-player campaigns and stories where everything's compressed, so you are kind of stuck doing like a wham-bam, thank you, ma'am kind of thing, which is weird. (laughs) Wham-bam, thank you, ma'am. I mean, Mass Effect, you can kind of forgive it because, like, they're fighting Reapers and they're going to get destroyed, and, like, oh, I guess we have to, you know, 
take every. It's not like procreating is going to do anything. Yeah, well, it's not. They're not doing it for the procreation. So yeah, well, <laughs> I guess you're right. They're letting off, letting off steam, which some of them say up front, like, "Dude, I just want to relax and do this." More like getting off steam. Oh God. <laughs> that's that's, that's good. All right. I think that's enough. I think that's yeah, I think enough. That's, of the, uh, that's enough of the double entendre for I think tonight. This is the end. <laughs> Oh wait, let me read this really quick. Uh, one one quick thing before we go: uh, the Game Developers Choice Awards. Oh boy, right? More, more, more fucking awards, and this pic's got a picture of Notch here, and it it's pissing me off. It couldn't be worse than the Spike VGA. Uh, so it can't. It can't. But let's see. Uh, the Walking Dead gets three nods: best downloadable game, best narrative game of the year. Uh, this one will make Iggy really happy. Uh, Mass Effect Three was nominated for Game of the Year. Why would that make so, me happy? Uh, <laughs> you're, you're happy, obviously. No. The way you're no. Yeah. We've talked about this. You're dragging me into fucking black hole again. So I know. It's funny. I like seeing you react. <laughs> as, as much as I liked a portion of the game, I do not believe the overall game deserves game of the year. It was all right. There you go. You're done. That's it. That's all yes, we're going to say. Done. About it. Done. All right. Rounding out the game. Oh, wait. No, you said that. Uh, Mark of the Ninja, FTL Faster Than Light, The Unfinished Swan, and Zombie U join Journey in the, in, the, in the innovation category. And this one is going to make me mad. Uh, the best debut <laughs> category features Polytron Corporation with Fez, oh. uh, Fireproof Games with The Room, Humble Hearts and Dust, and Elysian Trail. You Giants, don't like Dust? No, I meant, I'm just saying Oh, just dust. for... Uh, no, just Fez. Fez. Just Fez. <laughs> and one, uh, Giant Sparrow and the Unfinished Swan, Subset Games with FTL. Those are all in uh, the best debut, by the FTL's way. FTL is supposed to be pretty good. I, I still haven't played yeah. it yet. Oh, FTL's great. It's got a lot, it's got a ton of replay value. It's like a what's a roguelike, like, right? A roguelike is um, randomized world. Um, every you know every time you play, it's a randomized world. And when you die, that's it. The game's over. Like right. That no, no, but that's what I meant. It's a roguelike, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Okay. It's 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 a it's a roguelike like because it's is not that... you know. Ro- well, I mean, roguelike implies that it has a certain visual style. Like if you played Door Fortress or mm-hmm. something, you know, like a text based fantasy sort of adventure game. That that is that is a roguelike. It's well, not roguelike uh, in its visual style. Wouldn't even Binding of Isaac be considered ro- roguelike because everything's randomized? Sort of, but it's it's an advent. Yeah, I guess it is a little bit, but again, it has to do with the text-based thing, right? Um, yeah. Uh, FTL is really good. It was kind of an. I mean, it got a, it's a it's a good amount of attention, but I wanted to talk about it a lot, but he always got eaten up by other things. I think Journey swallowed me up at around the time I started playing <laughs> FTL, so mm. I was talking about Journey a lot more. Well, there's so many candidates there, or uh, yeah. nominees. I'm sure Fez won't get it, right? So you, you oh, don't have to worry uh, about that. FTL, FTL, let me see, The Room. Yeah, FTL would be the best debut. Because, I mean, that was that was a game that was... Uh, it was totally a source fund or sword crowd source sword crowd swords whatever it is they got all their money from uh, <laughs> got all their money what? from uh, did you have a little crowd source no I didn't the crowd I didn't remember if it was source brain glitch right there yeah it's a total glitch uh, FTL should get that if Fez does I will probably go to Phil I'll go to Phil Fish's house and shit on his porch probably you could do that anyway right I'll so. do that I, I probably will I probably will look out Phil yeah. Fish yeah you better watch out. You and your mustache. I shaved my his, beard. Is that his real name? Yeah, it's his real name. That seems like a fake name. Isn't it? I shaved my beard off so I don't look like him anymore. <laughs> well, you didn't really look like him before. Uh, with those glasses? Are you kidding me? Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I remember I... stopping Colin on the street like, Phil! Oh, Phil, God. what's up with Fez, man? <laughs> Where, where's your Fez, bro? Where's your Fez, bro? <laughs> where's your Fez, man? Oh, God. 
Let's get uh, out of here. Yes. Okay, that's <laughs> this is a show for this week. Thanks everyone for listening. It's kind of fun. I think we were kind of all over the place, but pretty good. Um, Level four of that brand new game. Check it out, kids. Oh shit! And, and Bioshock's in like a month. Oh, oh that's God. right. Bioshock. I got to order it still. Yeah, they get that that funny mockumentary for Bioshock as their little. Oh yeah, uh, we did. Oh, that, that's two, two minutes. Well, there's mon- there's not anything really to talk about. Check out uh, the oh. newest Bioshock. Like I'll put it on the Facebook right now. Okay, excellent. You'll see it on the Facebook page. Speaking of Facebook page, we have um, a Facebook group, which is In the Name of Game. Uh, If you guys would like to email us with anything you'd like us to talk about, or if you have any comments about what we talked about today, um, our email address is nameofgamepodcast at gmail.com. And uh, we have a Twitter. I really only use it for posting our links, but it's (laughs) at In the Name of Game. I'll just be honest, because I I don't really like Twitter. I don't like using the twatter. At in the name of game, and then we of course have our main website, which is in the name of game.com, where you can listen to episodes, uh, leave comments, all kinds of good stuff. If you don't want any of that and you just want to subscribe to our podcasts, we are also on iTunes, where if you could leave us a nice little comment or review there, that would be super awesome. I appreciate that we had I don't know, like six or so reviews so far, <laughs> all, all good ones. So, thank, that's, you, by the way. thank you very much. Um, what about the games? We still have a ton of games. Oh, yeah. I was games. just going to ask. Do we have games to unload? Yes. <laughs> so we, we gave s- one away to Mr. Dorward, a good friend of mine, who got a, <laughs> who got a copy of The Binding of Isaac. So we still have games to give away. Uh, you can look at our previous podcast at the very beginning when we talk about which games it is. I don't want to go back into how many there are. A lot of Sonic yeah, games. Yeah, just email and say you want a game. And yeah. yeah, we'll give you a game. I mean, Jesus Christ, people, come on. <laughs> Free game. So just uh, email us, nameofgamepodcast at gmail, gmail.com, and we'll hook you up with something. Um, and that's about it. So until next week, I believe we'll Hopefully. have maybe David back next week as well. I'm not sure. And Adam, you won't have the flu again, will you? The flu? What? You, you had the, you had the stomach sickness. Yeah, you're, you're, you're melting. Oh, but that wasn't the flu. That was the fondue. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. People he had say the fondue. Flu, fondue flu. Fondue flu. Fondue flu. Fondue flu. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> Still a fucking that, funny story. Jesus. <laughs> anyway, so we'll all, we should all be back next week, hopefully. Have more to talk about. And until then... Talk about Sonic. Oh, Son- guaranteed, yeah. right? I just got the Sonic art book this past week. Or the yeah. uh, the history of Sonic art book. is That's great. I Later, re- guys. Bye, guys. Later, guys. Next week. Later. Time, time with games. Don't play Halo 4. Don't get mad at them. Colin said it again. <laughs> wow. That sounds exactly like me. It does. No, it doesn't. This is the best easy impression I've ever let's hear, heard. Let's hear your Colin impression. Oh, well, Fez, fuck Phil Fish. <laughs> 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 you win. I win. You totally win. <laughs>